Do you want us to keep producing the best VCU men's basketball podcast out there? If so, there's a way you can help. If you enjoy this show, please consider donating to help us pay for the cost of making it available. You can do so by using the PayPal link in the description of the podcast or on social media sites where we post it. Even a small donation would help. Thanks in advance, and go Rams! Welcome to Rams Rewind, a podcast that looks back at all of the action from VCU men's basketball. After each game, our host George Templeton talks live on Facebook with Ram fans and gives his take on the team's performance. And now, here's George. Richmond this and Richmond that. Richmond beat Dayton. Richmond's got the longest winning streak in the country or one of the longest. First place and they're in the bracket in this and that. This is a reminder, folks. PCU still runs Richmond, and don't you forget it. Welcome to Rams Rewind, live here in the good and the bad and the ugly group. If you like what you hear, and God knows I hope you do, and you want to help us out, shoot us some dinero. We will shout you out like Tyrone Nelson, who sent us a donation this week. Thank you, Mr. Nelson, so much. Thank you, Tyrone Nelson, for that. We really appreciate all the support you and everyone else has given us this year and that you gave us last year. And my goodness, that that game could have could have gone against VCU. It could have been another infuriating loss. That first half is the best defensive effort I've seen from this team this year, and yet they were only up two points because people were gripping the ball too tight. They were trying too hard. They could, we couldn't hit a layup again like normal. But in the second half, in the second half, we kept up the defensive effort. Even if, even if the stats don't show it, we certainly did. Richmond did almost shoot 50%, but they turned it over again. And see, among many things that, that we can highlight today that shows you what a performance VCU came up with, here's one of them. VCU. Richmond averages eight turnovers a game, and they turned it over 11 times tonight. And why is that significant? VCU got 14 points off those turnovers. So even though VCU turned it over 11 times, it didn't kill them the way it probably would have killed them in a lot of other games. What a heroic performance from so many different people. Um, Where to start, it's tough. It's tough to find a place to start because, you know, you, you feel like, you don't want to. You don't want to short anybody. Um, Max Sholga played some great defense. Came up with some huge threes in that run when they finally started making them. Uh, five assists, five rebounds, triple nickel. Fantastic. You know Zeb Jackson is two for eight, but he did have a huge three that five. That was the first three that finally got him going in the second half. They had missed all them threes in a row. He made the first one. He had five rebounds, six assists, so he has a triple nickel. Oh, and he holds Jordan King to 12 points, three and nine from the field. Jordan King was not getting his shot off tonight at all, and they stopped him. Chris Conway, free throws were amazing. Yes, they were, and that's another thing. How do you knock off a team that's won every close game they've been in? You go to the foul line and you make them. VCU. 14 for 14 in the second freaking half. 
That is that is a championship winning effort. Bruce Stevenson, King Kawani was on fire tonight. You're darn right he was. And if there was anything that – and, I mean, really, when you look at the first half, Kawani Kawani was the only person making shots. He was two for three in the first half. You know, Furman hit his only shot in the first half. Up to about eight minutes to go, Kawani Kawani, at one point, Kawani Kawani and Christian Furman were seven of nine, and the rest of them were five for 32. Then the rest of them pitched in and, and made the difference. But Kawani Kawani, game high 15, shared with Shulga, five of seven from the field. He hit a big three. And you want to typify how far Kawani Kawani's come? Look at the play he makes in the last two minutes. That ball is kicked around. It goes to Kawani in the corner. The way he's been shooting threes, you wouldn't have been surprised if he took a three there. But he doesn't. Does he do that? No. He goes baseline. He drives. He gets fouled. He makes two free throws. What a great play. Oh, my gosh, the Toby dunk at the end. But how about Jason Nelson there? You know, he's just turned it over, and you're like, oh, crap. Um, and when he threw that pass, I'll be honest, I thought, oh, no, we've gone for another home run that's not going to work like we've done all night. And it's a perfect pass to Toby, and he slams it, gets fouled, makes the free throw. Toby the wall, 7.8 boards tonight. Uh, he had a tremendous game. All-around game from him. Uh, let's see. Did he have any blocks? No, believe it or not, he didn't have any blocks because every time he blocked a shot, they called foul. By the way, throw in two blocks for Furman and Kalani. Tremendous job by those guys tonight. Uh, but that was a great play. And Jason Nelson had a tough night. But he gets three assists with only the one turnover. He gave, And he makes all four free throws at the end. And he has that home run play to essentially seal it. And Bill Baldacci, that sums it up. 15 assists on 20 baskets, 90% from the line. They when they had when they when they played good offense tonight, when they scored tonight, it was out of good offense, which is why I'm going to continue to say all this stuff about they're living by the 3, dying by the 3 and this and that. That's not it. It's a matter of are they moving the ball? And are they moving without the basketball? Are they going in? Are they working inside and out? Because if they're doing that, those threes are going to go in. Because that's not what was happening in the first half. And to be fair to them, in the first half, they only took six threes, which was smart. Their shot selection wasn't the problem in the first half. The problem was they couldn't make a dead gum shot within three feet. And see, that's the key here. VCU really could have won this game going away because they should have had a much bigger lead at halftime. And I was worried that we're going to let Richmond hang around and steal it, kind of the way what happened to Loyola Chicago, some of these other games that they've won, Richmond's won, where they haven't been really the better team, but they made the key plays. I thought the same thing was going to happen here. It happened the other way. And we didn't have Barristow, as Mitch McGuire says. That's right, but that's the point. We didn't need Barristow the other night either. We just made, we just had, we just had a brain cramp the last 21 and a half, 21 and a half minutes of that game. You know, the last 90 seconds of the first half and most of the 20 minute, minutes of the second, we played stupidly. Uh, what is up with Joe Bannister, Mike Urbanski? I don't know. But, but you know what? I want to point to something that three bid leagues said, and it's true. 
the thing that we've been able to do, and part of the problem is Barristow being out has been the issue, is that when Joe Bamisil's not playing well, we can sit him down. That is that was that was when the three the three bid league did an extended did a couple minutes on VCU towards the end of their show. Of course, not knowing that VCU was going to blow a twenty point lead to St Bonaventure, but with Bamisil, sometimes he just doesn't have it. And the key is and and in the last game he played too many minutes. Tonight, by and large, he sat. He still got twenty two minutes. And remember, and let's give him this much, he did have a big three in that run. That was huge. And he had a couple of decent plays defensively. But let's be honest, that's it, Mitch McGuire. He's trying to do too much. You know, he had the back-to-back 20-plus point games. And then all of a sudden, he's getting this idea that he's got to do everything. And, and look, quite frankly, if they had lost this game, we would have been talking about Joe Bamisil's breakdowns on defense being a significant problem in this game. And and I agree, Mike Urbanski. I think Fats, Fats, yes, but Michael Bell. If Joe Bamisil's not playing well and Barristow's not healthy, play Michael Bell. And again, you look at him tonight, didn't, you know, he only had he only had the one free throw, but he had six rebounds. He played some good defense. Let's see, interested to see what his plus minus is. I mean, his, okay, his plus-minus wasn't great. Zeb had the best plus-minus in the team, which makes sense because defensively he was so on point tonight. But that's that's the thing. You And look, Bamisil's got to understand that his and, – and I'll give this to Joe Bamisil tonight. He was thinking drive first. He was thinking get to the rack first. And that's what he needs to – That's that was right. Unfortunately, he had, to, he had four turnovers – and he just and it just wasn't working for him. But that's that was the right thing. The, the the key now is do that and drop the ball off once in a while. Do that and force the defense to at least consider the possibility you're going to give the ball up because that's Joe Bamisil's problem. Defenders rightly assume that once he starts driving, he's gonna he's he's not going to pass it, so they can come to him and he will drive himself into blind alleys. And he'll drive himself into cul-de-sacs, and you get what you get tonight. And yes, Mitch McGuire needs to let the game come to, to come to him. Yeah, Bruce Stevenson, we got to talk about the layoffs because really, this is a, this is a damned epidemic now. And I don't care, I don't care what they got to do. I don't care if they have to spend a damn hour on it in practice. They need to work on. Finishing layups through contact because, honest to goodness, in that first half, they must have missed five or six of them, and it was infuriating. And they have got to understand, just go up normal. You don't have to twist your body all the time. It feels like when they're going up for layups that they're expecting to get hit. Sometimes you don't get hit and you miss anyway. You shouldn't worry about getting hit. You worry about making the darn shot. That is what you've got to do. And I don't know. The next time there's a live coaches show, somebody, anybody, I don't care if they're in this group, I don't care, whatever. Somebody's got to ask Ryan Odom about that and ask them if there's anything in practice that he thinks they could do to improve upon it. Because seriously, you can't miss these many shots from four feet in. You can't, not if you want to do what you want to do in March.
because these games are going to come down to it. And let's face it, we've struggled in close games this year, and that is a big feature of why we have. Because so many times we've been in positions to get points and come away with nothing. It's the same thing with this fast-break offense. What were we doing so many damn times? We just wouldn't pass to each other. We have numbers and drive right into the defense and, and, and end up with nothing and having and at least at least we had the sense to pull the ball out, which sometimes we haven't done. Uh, and, and I just don't understand. And, and the, these are things that we have to work on. And they've got to look at that. And yes, that's Max and Zeb were offenders. Max and Zeb were big offenders in that. And, and you just, you got to find a way to make those shots. I'm sorry. You're that close. You're, an, you're a college basketball player. You got talent. They got to go in. They gotta go in. But let's 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 get back to the positives here. Oh my goodness. The rebounding message came through loud and clear, didn't it? Holy jumping Jehoshaphat. Their re- the fact that they missed all those blockouts. And again, Richmond ain't a great rebounding team. I understand that. I get that. They're one of the worst offensive rebounding teams in the country. I don't care. When you lose a game like they lost the St. Bonaventure game. And the coach calls out in the press conference the next day or the next couple days after, 41 missed blockouts. The message is clear. Doug Hines is watching. He always says it. Rebounding is a lot about attitude, which it is. But it's also about doing the fundamental and team things. Why do you box out? Not necessarily so you can get the rebound. Sometimes it's your teammate who can get it. Well, here you go. 42-27. 42 to 27 on rebounds. How about that? One, two, three, four, five. Six guys had at least five rebounds. So the only two people who didn't have five rebounds were Jason Nelson, three, and he's the shortest guy on the floor, just about, and Joe Bamisil, four. That's it. And nine to three on offensive rebounds, only turned into seven to four second chance points, which again, that's a lot of that's the missed layups because. That's you know that seven points off a quad off a um off a nine second chance points isn't enough. And no, yeah, Chris Conway, it's not a quad one win. If we go to Richmond and beat him, it could be a quad one win, but it's not a quad one win at home. So you know the the rebounding effort, the the message got through loud and clear. They heard it, they received it, and they made it, and they did, and they did it tonight. So let's praise them for that. Oh my goodness, it just feels so good to win a game like this because the worst part about this game was the fact that every time it looked like every time VCU was going to make the break, Richmond would make a play or VCU would shoot themselves in the foot and you just thought, golly Moses, what are we are we going to are we going to find a way to lose this game? But we didn't. We didn't. And even with with Richmond shooting 46% in the second half, they shoot 35% from the from the field for the game. King, three for nine. Delani Hunt, who killed us going over around those screens and going to the basket, five for 12. There's a reason he was doing that in the second half, because he couldn't make a three. He was 0 for 4. Bailey was three for five. You know, he was the only guy, but they kept the ball out of his hands. Bigelow, three for 10. Quinn, four for 10. Richmond's bench gave them nada. Zip. Zero, nothing, 
0 for 5 from the field, no free throws, one rebound, nothing. Nothing from their bench. And while VCU's bench didn't exactly light the th thing up, they did have 13 bench points, which in a game you win by 11, 13 to 0 is kind of important, don't you think? So big tip of the cap to Bell, the Wall, and Bamisil on that score for giving us something there because Richmond's bench gave them nothing. Are we still in the top four of the A-10? Yes, because we were fourth coming into tonight, and we won. Oh, that's a Bonaventure and George Washington. If they could have won one of those, they would be right on Dayton and Richmond's heels. They're not, but they still got two games with Dayton, and they still got one with Richmond, which means they can get to them. They can get to them. And look, now that Richmond's finally been beaten, maybe there's going to be just a little bit of doubt in their mind. Maybe they're going to start to wonder if they can pull every game out of their hind parts like they have. Because that's what that's the biggest key here. You get to a point, when you're rolling like that in conference play, it's not arrogance, it's confidence. And it's assuredness. And it's un and 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 they and a team like that won't panic because they think we've won every other damn game in this conference. We will find a way to this one. We have to keep we're sticking to our task and working what we're doing. And you know what? VCU punctured that tonight. And again, to win the game convincingly, or at least to run away with it at the end, that is a fantastic thing too. Um, that that is that is a great thing too. Because again. If we let them hang around and steal this, they could have done exactly that. VCU didn't do that. But, again, that also goes back to foul shooting. For, you can't beat 14 for 14. <laughs> 14 for 14. And you think about what a tough start they had to the second half in terms of shooting, in terms of uh, uh, getting assists, and they get 10 assists on 12 made field goals in the second half and only four turnovers. So that is – they really played some good offense in the second half. It just felt like early in that second half, like the, the, one, that killed, the one that got me was the one possession where, doggone it, we get one good – we get one good shot attempt and it doesn't go in and VCU hustles for the rebound and it comes to Zeb in the corner and, it's, and, and it looks for all the world like it's going to go in and it goes halfway in and spits out. And at that point I was like – the fates, the fates might not just might not let us win this game. It's going to be infuriating. Thankfully, that wasn't the case, and VCU pulled this out. And again, now you go to Fordham with confidence. You go to that game with Fordham with confidence. Now it's 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 the sandwich game because it's in between Richmond and Dayton. So letdowns and. Worried about being energy being flat. I think the one good thing is is that Fordham's been good enough this season that they've usually had fans fill that place. So they'll they'll hopefully be some hopefully a hostile crowd will fire them up. But you go to Fordham with confidence. You go to that Dayton game next Friday with confidence because you know you just beat the number one team in this league and you were the better team throughout. And in the end, the scoreboard was the scoreboard reflected it. That 11-point win was deserved because they really were the better team throughout, and it was just it was just silly mistakes and not hitting these dang uh, these doggone layups 
And that's what cost them. That's what that's what kept them from having a big lead. And look, Richmond's got the Knicks two at home. You'd expect them to win that, but you never know in this league. And you never know. Maybe they slip a little bit. Maybe they make a mistake somewhere down the line. Maybe they stub their toe somewhere like VCU has where they shouldn't. And then all of a sudden when we get to that next game, we play them in the first week of March, we can either tie them or pass them in the standings. So that's, that's, something, that's something to keep in mind. Uh, so salute to these players and the efforts and the tremendous yeoman efforts that they gave us tonight because they had to earn this thing. They absolutely had to earn this thing. Richmond hung in there, hung in there, and they could have absolutely stolen it. Uh, yeah. Oh, and that's it, Bruce Stevenson. If this is any other year than Bones' second year, we might lose this game because we'd have missed a bunch of doggone free throws like all these other teams, like some of these other teams I watch in the A-10, like Fordham, as a for instance. Fordham's one of the worst foul-shooting teams in the country, and I've watched them nearly clank games away. They tried to clank it away to, to St. Louis today, but they pulled it out. Uh, we do need Sean back, but again, with that kind of an injury with the ribs, you play a guy and he hurts it worse, then you're really going to miss him a long time. So, you know, we we just they're, – they're being smart with it. They're not going to push it. They shouldn't push it. I wouldn't expect to see him Tuesday night, especially because they ought to be able to go to Fordham and win without him. Dayton, that's another story. Um, you know, so that we'll see about that. We, we, we'll see about that. So, great win. More importantly, after blowing that game and quite frankly, deservedly getting called out for lack of toughness, they 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 bounced back and they bounced back in a big way today. And they showed that that's not who they are, which is good. And look, how we got there is probably a little frustrating, but VCU six and three as we've now completed the front nine of the 18-hole course that is the, the conference season. And 6-3 and three isn't too bad at this point. Yes, they could have quite easily be 8-1. and one. They're not. That's frustrating, as are the other close losses that they've had all season. Thank you, Tori. Thank you, Chris. Good to see you. But 6-3, six 6-3 and, three, six and three is acceptable because from there you can get to 14 and 4, you can get to 13 and 5, you can get to a top 4 spot from there. It is not out of the realm of possibility. So on that score, everybody should feel confident. Um it's going to be an interesting closing stretch because they do have five road games and four home games, but of course, VCU's been a great road team. The last two years, especially in conference play, they still should be unbeaten on the road. If they could have just held it together up in Olean, New York, they would be, and we would be talking about maybe looking at the record book to see what's the record for A-10 wins on the road in conference play, consecutive ones. But I, I, they're in the right spot. I think six and I think most of us would have said six and three is the minimum that they need to be. And if I'm not mistaken, last year, you know what? Let's look that up. Let's see what they were through nine games last year. I think through nine games last year, they were seven and two in the conference. We're going to look that up right now because that's a good comparison because they got to 15 and three 
and they'd have to they'd have to run the table to do that. So let's see here. One and one. And then they won one, two, three, four, five, six in a row to get seven and one. They lost to okay, that's interesting. So they lost to St. Bonaventure at game nine. They were seven and two. So they're only one game ahead. They're only one game behind what they did last year. And on the back nine, they won eight of nine. Of course, the one being that loss to Dayton when Dayton literally had four good players healthy and they still managed to beat VCU. So it's going to be, it's obviously going to be tough to win all nine and match 15 and three last year. But 14 and four and 13 and five is achievable. 12 and six is probably enough to get you fourth, and that's it. If they want to get a top two, top three spot, then you're looking at then you're looking at seven and two in this second half, or eight and one in this second half. If they win the lot, they frankly should win the conference. Whether they will or not is another matter. But if they win the lot, if they went out, if they went out and won nine straight, they'd have Dayton beat because they'd sweep them. Dayton would have three losses. They'd have the tiebreaker, and, they, and then it would be a question of whether Richmond can lose at least one game. If that was the case, well, the Bona loss is bad, but honestly, Bruce, if I could have one back, it's George Washington, because honestly, not in a million years should they have lost that game to George Washington. To lose that game because George Washington made nine freaking shots in a row at the end and made seventeen of twenty-one in the second half. Again, it's one of those things. It's like if I hadn't seen it myself. I wouldn't have believed it was possible. That one's the one I want back the most. Because St. Bonaventure on the road, the way we blew that game is terrible, but we've lost up there before. And honestly, I was just glad we went up there and didn't get our head kicked in because I was kind of worried about that, honestly, because they kicked our head in at the Siegel Center. That George Washington one is so inexcusable. I mean, seriously, George Washington, granted, you could say this about a lot of teams at this point because it's so congested, but George Washington could end up in the pillow fight. And losing to them at home, it, it's just, again, it's, it's, it, 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 it's going to be a mania with me all year that, yeah, they're, right now they're in a pillow fight spot because they're three and five. Granted, outside of St. Louis and maybe LaSalle, who's two and seven, it's wide open for who's going to get the pillow fight because you got Davidson two and five, Duquesne three and five, GW three and five, Rhode Island and Fordham and St. Bonaventure are four and five, Mason's four and five, and you can't even you can't even toss St. Joe's and UMass out of the equation because they're five and four. So that's how ludicrous, and that's the other biggest reason they had to win this game. They've got an opportunity along with Loyola Chicago and Richmond and Dayton to try and separate because it is, as has often been the case, it is an absolute car crash behind us. This is a this is a 10-car pileup behind us with all those teams. And yes, it's going to sort itself out. But you but but the reason VCU needed to win tonight is that they're not being dragged into that mess as of now. And Crucially, crucially, they're now two games ahead of St. Bonaventure, who they lose the tiebreaker with, and they're two games ahead of George Washington, who they lose the tiebreaker with in the loss column. So, 
That was the biggest thing about winning this game tonight is now you start to separate yourself and you start to, to, to get a grip and get a tight hold on that double bye, which is crucial to get this year. Even in as wild and wide open a conference as this, a double bye is so important. So next game is at Fordham up in the Bronx Tuesday night. Hopefully work will cooperate as it has thankfully been able to do during the week that I'll, I'll be able to find a way to get off in time. Uh, that's ESPN plus. So that will help. Cause that means I can just run home and watch the game instead of having to go to my stepdad's. So that is a big help that we have ESPN plus on Tuesday night. That is massive for us, for me. So Tuesday night, we're playing in the same again, another live video in the good and the bad and the ugly group, of course. Uh, and then out in podcast land for you Wednesday morning. Thank you all, everybody in the game thread. You, it was a great job as always. Again, be part. If you want to join the VCU Good, the Bad, and the Ugly group because we have great game threads, because we have things, because we're scoreboard watching, you know, not just not just our, our around the conference, but our non-conference opponents, which I, we had a bunch of those games at 4 o'clock that I'm going to have to update as soon as this is done. Um, I probably should look them up now, but I'm not going to. Uh, we also look after our other teams. The VCU women's team is right in the thick of that of, of the uh, championship race in the Atlantic 10. And although they've gotten no help today, Fordham, the, the Fordham ladies are threatening to help. They're only down two against the Spiders. We could really use Fordham women winning. And I think the VCU women are playing tomorrow. Let me see. But I'm almost positive that they're playing tomorrow because that's usually the case. You, I don't think they I don't think they got their week off or their bye yet. One second, I'll be able to say. Yeah, tomorrow, George Washington at the Siegel Center as VCU goes. goes. Uh, I think it'll be 8-2. and two. I think it'll be 8-2 and two if they win. Yeah, they're going for 8-2 and two in the league, and it is a hell of a race at the top of that league. So Tuesday night, hopefully we'll see you live here in the Good and the Bad and the Ugly group. Podcast land Wednesday. Thank you guys for listening. Thanks for all the comments on the uh, on the video thread, even though I couldn't get it on my phone. Oh, one other thing. Um, VCU's reached the halfway point of conference play. Most of their non-conference opponents have reached the halfway point of conference play. So sometime this week, we're going to have a little tales of the non-conference report and see how our, conference, how our non-conference opponents are doing in conference play. Spoiler alert, a lot of them are right up near the top of their conferences, which is can only be good for VCU uh, and, and the people who are going to look at this profile if they can get into the tournament. Thank you all for listening. Thank you all for watching the video in the group. Thanks for the comments. Talk to you guys next time. To submit a question for George to answer in an upcoming episode or to inquire about sponsorship opportunities for this podcast, please email ramsrewind at gmail.com. We'll be back after the next game, and thanks for listening to this episode of Rams Rewind.